This is AEW superstar, former AEW world tag team champion, Swerve Strickland, the mogul himself. Whose house? Swerve's house. And you are listening to the awesome, sick, electric, amazing Wrestle In. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Choco Cast, your little bit of audible happiness here on the Wrestle In Network. Be sure to subscribe for more from us, as well as a host of other shows like On the Indies, Ocean Cycling Show, Ace Stackers, All Elite Listening, and our brand new TNA centric show, Total Nonstop Talking. Be sure to sign up to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and get early access to all of these shows, our various interviews, as well as exclusive content. Kieran, in particular, is going crazy trying to organize like watch along episodes and stuff like that. So if that interests you, as well as some other podcasts, sign up at patreon.com forward slash wrestle in. We are here. Finally, we have missed one month. I do want to apologize for that life gets in the way and life got in the way during the month of November but we are back we're on a new schedule we're not doing the Wednesday releases we've uh, moved into mid-month with the weekend releases just trying to confuse you even more but speaking as someone who had a uh, podcast dropping the weekend of this episode normally dropping it's nice having a little bit of a break I don't like the sound of my voice that much, despite what you may think with the amount of podcasting I do. But my name is Trent. I'm your host for this episode, as always. And as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Window Jeff, live from Tokyo. Live, not in a window right now. Believe it or not, he does sit in places that aren't window sills. How are you going, Jeff? Pretty good, pretty good. Yep, it's not a window seal. It's Desk Jeff for the podcast and only for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Other other than that, I have to take my natural perch uh, out a window. Uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, it's good to see you. Yeah, we did have that month off uh, last month, uh, but so I've been jonesing for the podcast recording, if 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 you will. Um, yeah. yeah, it's actually really fun. I'm speaking of all the stuff that you guys have been doing. Like I just listened to your um, was it the Ocean Cyclone show yeah. uh, the other day. I was listening to that as I was traveling back from a work trip, and uh, oh my god, it was like. I was just enjoying it. I was like, man, I got to get in on that. I was like a little jealous. Like just, I'm sure most people listening, you know, as you guys were doing your uh, Joshi like uh, draft, if you will. And like, you, you know, you have X dollars and you can spend and whatever. And it was, it was good. And, and and I was listening to like, if there's any Choco Pro talents that come up in this draft, if Trent doesn't spend the money on those freaking wrestlers, I'm going to kill him. Um, I think you got Chie Koishikawa on your team. I did. And, uh, I, did I won't, I I won't mention any others. So if anybody else is curious about Trent's draft, you'll have to listen to the Ocean Cyclone show uh, to get that. It, it's it's quite entertaining. Um, I <laughs> I may disagree with a few of the uh, the the bids and choices that were done. Um, Believe but, you but me, I disagree with some of the choices I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It's, I'm not going to mention it, but obviously towards the tail end, I'm sure you were quite, oh, I know you were quite frustrated at certain things that, that happened throughout that draft, um, but it was quite entertaining to, to listen along. Yeah, the Ocean Cyclone show, it's a, it's a fun sort of show we do. We like to play a lot of games and stuff because at, at our core, I'm not serious. That's why I do a podcast all about Choco Pro and Gatto Move. I don't take myself too seriously and I don't take my wrestling too seriously. But yeah, if check that out. It's on the Wrestling Network. Uh, in time, maybe we'll do something similar here on uh, Choco Cast. Uh, we, we like to keep things pretty loose and free, but because we missed the month, um, there's a lot of stuff to cover. 
Yeah, we're in December, so we're looking at the end of the year stuff. We're looking forward to 2024. But not only that, we've got to cover stuff that happened back in October, uh, not in October, back in November and December. I'm losing my months and I'm losing my days. Uh, but one thing we are unfortunately losing on top of our months and our days is Sayuri who is uh, moving on. She's graduating from Choco Pro, Gatto Move. I will read out the official statement because it's all well and good for me to yap on, which I do very much, um, but it's better to hear from the source. So on December 6th, the official Gatto Move Choco Pro Twitter slash X announced that she was graduating. Uh, she's been absent due to health issues since January of this year, and she's been making efforts to recover um, and she will be graduating on December 30. And then she followed that up with uh, a, sort of a longer message. And this is what she says. Thank you for supporting Choco Pro Gatto Move, and especially for your support of me, Sorry, I've made the difficult decision to graduate from Gatto Move and end my wrestling career on December 30th. I have been on a break for a year, aiming for a comeback. However, in November, just when I thought I was about to return, my health regressed, regressed leading to this decision. Honestly, I was fully set on returning and had so many things I wanted to do and improve upon. To say I have no regrets would be a lie. I still dearly love wrestling, Gatto Move, Choco Pro, and all of the fans. I hoped to continue for at least 10 years, but considering my future, I have come to realize that now is the right time to turn a new chapter in my life. To anyone who believed in my return and supported me, I'm filled with both regret for this outcome and immense gratitude. Your constant support, courage and love has been invaluable to me. The four and a half years spent with Gatto Move Choco Pro are the most precious treasures of my life and they were incredibly happy times. While I can no longer pursue my greatest passion, which is wrestling, fortunately there are many other endeavours like acting that I am eager to explore. I plan to live my life joyfully and true to myself and I hope for your continued support and I look forward to cheering on Get and Move Choco Pro together with you. I'm sure we'll meet together somewhere, and when that time comes, I hope you'll be there as well. Uh, thank you so much for Sayori. So this is obviously uh, bittersweet news. Uh, I'm glad that this is a retirement where she can still move on and do other things, and she's still uh, passionate about wrestling, still passionate about Gatto Move. But I know for someone like myself, you know, when I came into the product, she was someone who definitely stood out, and it's been... It's been tough seeing all this year go by and sort of know she's been off recovering from injury and just sort of wondering and waiting what's going on, will she be okay? And then, of course, to receive this news is not ideal. Um, but hopefully, you know, she's going to be showing up for some of the final shows, doing the autograph sessions to close. Hopefully uh, all the fans can show the kind of support and love that she rightly deserves. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it's it's... It's sad to see, you know, um, but at the same time, I, I think it's a brave choice that she makes. It's not an easy mm. choice, as we know, especially in wrestling. It seems like people um, are very rare to make that hard decision. And so I know that there was probably a lot. I mean, she's probably been thinking about this a long time and stressing over it for a long time and, you know, doesn't take this decision lightly. Mm. Um so, you know, you just hope for the best and, and hope, and I'm pretty sure all the fans will still encourage her and support her. Um, and, and you hope for the best for where she's going. I know she said she's excited to continue trying acting and all these other things. Um, but, you know, I think she'll always be part of that uh, Gotham Move Choco Pro family. Um, yeah. You know, it's definitely worth mentioning a little bit of the stuff that, that she did. So, right, so I, I think her debut day, according to Cage Match, you know, so apparently she debuted, it was in August, so um, August 28th of 2019. So yeah, about four and a half years ago. Mm. Um, 
And I remember like watching Sayuri, one of the things for me was always, I felt like she was kind of a, for a long time, kind of like one of those unsung heroes of Gato Move and Choco Pro where like she didn't have the, um, you know, like Mei Saruga or Chie Koishikawa who had like this, who had this immediate, the fans going like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, people like Sayuri, like Obihiro and Otoki were kind of like the quiet, like workhorses uh, mm. of, of, of Gato Move, where maybe they didn't get the direct, um, you know, fan like Gaga, oh my God, they're so amazing type of thing from first time watchers that maybe like a Unimon or a Chie or a Mei just immediately stands out as like, wow, this person has all this crazy charisma. But, you know, they would consistently perform all the time and you could watch them improve. And like for those in Tokyo going to the Gato Move, like the in-ring shows, it was kind of like for all, like, you know, I can't speak for pre-pandemic stuff, but like since the pandemic times, you know, so I can't speak for like 2019 in her first, you know, year, but from like when they started having live events again after the pandemic, you could pretty much count on it that a Gato Move show is going to open up with like a match with like where Dragon Ninja was going to be a part with like Chon and Sayuri. Mm. And they were kind of like always put in that, put them in that first opening match to kind of set the pace going of like, this is a Gato move show and kind of gets the audience in prepared in that because they go out there, they put on a great match, they have fun. They'll do, they'll do like a dance in the middle of the match. And like, it literally just sets the pace for the entire Gato move show experience of um, mm. that first match. And consistently, Sayuri was like always in those first matches, always standing out and looking great and entertaining everybody. Um, and so it's, you know, it was her presence was definitely missed in those times uh, when, when she's been injured. Um, so, yeah, so she'll definitely be missed. But even beyond the matches themselves, I mean, like, I thought like one of the things that during her injury time, Sayuri would do a lot of like the dunce club with Unimon, like Unimon, Sayuri and Chie. Mm -hmm. And like all these other little things. And and in that, you really got to see a lot more of her personality shining through. Mm -hmm. And and people started to become a lot more invested and really like, oh, man, Sayuri's cool. I really like her. And she's and she's, she's working hard. She was much better at she, nothing against Chie, but Sayuri was picking up the dancing a little bit better than Chie. Was. <laughs> Chie, Chie was, was at every man. Don't get me wrong. Chie is quite... <laughs> The charm of Chie's uh, manic dancing is great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I think Sayuri had a little more natural talent for the dance. Te technical um, acumen in the dancing Yes, that's, that's the way to put it. That's the way to put it. So, I, I think it's a great thing to mention. And, and for everyone, you know, it'd be cool to see them uh, giving Sayuri that love, thinking back mm. of those great times that they were able to, you know, the happiness that, that Sayuri brought to them. Um, and maybe go back and watch some of those old dunce club episodes and things like that and enjoy those uh, those experiences again. Um, I know that she will be uh, in, in attendance for uh, the different like events from Gato mm -hmm. Move up until the 30, 31st or 30th? The 30th. 30th. So 30th yep. will be our last. Yeah. So the 30th. Um, but yeah. So I'm definitely going to, it'll be a good chance to get those checkies and all that stuff. So I definitely want to get a checkie with, with Sayuri while I can. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure everybody else will as well. So. I'm glad you mentioned Dragon Ninja because I know for me, like when I think about Sayuri and what sort of stands out to me, it's two things. It's it's one the um, 
being more of the uh, neutral person in the ball of energy that was many of the other members of the roster. But it was Dragon Ninja, and I feel like Chan Shiryu and Sayori had such a great little connection. And that team was so much fun. It almost felt like it gave her more confidence working alongside Chan Shiryu and leaning into the, the ninja aspect to it of all. Um, so that, that's going to be something I really miss because, you know, Chan is fantastic talent. I love seeing him work. But it always feels like, you know, one of the guys has paired off with one of the women members of the roster. And that was a pairing that, you know, from the moment you saw them, it was like, yeah, this pair, just they click. And as you mentioned, like those first shows in a Gatto Move, uh, the first matches in a Gatto Move show are so important because if you're the second or third or fourth match, like you're kind of building off of the energy and the hype that the first match set. You know, they are the ones who get the crowd going. That sets the scene. And you hear a lot of wrestlers talk about, like, you're either in the main event, but if you're not in that, like, the first match is often among the most important. That sort of gets everything going. So it's a very important role for her to fill, and I thought she she and Sean always did a great job in that situation because the Gatto Move ring shows always got off on the right foot, and a big part of that was the kind of stuff that they brought in. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, 100%. That's that also. I, I, I noticed they're like, wow, they're in the front opening match again, opening match again, and then like you're always just loving it, you know. Um, yeah, so I was really it, it's sad to see her retire because I really had high hopes when she gets back because it was like I feel like she's in a position where people are really starting to get behind her more, mm. um, which is fine. People, I'm sure, it, it, I'm excited to see. I guess you know, let's not turn this into an negative, let's turn it into a positive. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what the future holds for Sayuri. And um, I hope that she can she can pursue those dreams of acting and stuff because I think she she has a lot of potential. So yeah, she can definitely bring it in. And and when she becomes a famous actress, she can shine a light on the the Gatto Move universe. But exactly, uh, yeah. What well, whatever the health situations is, look, it, it sucks that she has to retire because of that. But it's better she gets out now rather than trying to fight through it and maybe you know causing more issues because there are so many wrestlers out there who they you know they retired like a year or two later than they should have and their body is uh paying them back for that decision so yeah yeah better to get out now look after herself and she can go out on a bit of a high with these end of year activities uh give everyone a final chance to say goodbye this will be my first proper gato move retirement because oh, you know, really? on she graduated she moved on she's obviously in stardom now lulu pencil didn't True. retire she just kind of went away for a bit and you know she's focusing on her other stuff now but yeah this is my first sort of uh, yeah like an official proper. like yeah because yeah hmm. same because yeah um you know, of course, we have other Gato Move folks that that uh, have retired. Of course, like yeah. Aoi uh, uh, is the one that comes up, and she still comes now. Recently, more recently, she's she's had a lot of Gato Move or a lot of Choco Pro shows, uh, working the door as people are entering, <laughs> and that smile and cheerful energy. And so, like, she's part of that stuff. So she's still kind of attached to her a little bit. Of course, mm. we haven't seen much of Lulu. Lulu's quite busy, but that's fine. Who knows? Maybe one day. Um, yeah. Unimon, of course, we can still watch in. Uh, in stardom and she's doing amazingly in stardom so that's great to mm. see um but yeah, yeah so I, I yeah it's kind of i guess it's like the first kind of official kind of retirement in this current mm. kind of era in the choco it's program. gonna be fun to see what a, a choco pro retirement is i feel like it's gonna be a, a fun kind of farewell and a happy farewell as well so yeah yeah i'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll probably definitely do something for it mm. you know um, and yeah, make sure to get those final uh, autographs and checkies. Like I, I know she's doing. I'm 
pretty sure on her schedule she had an online signing. So there will be one final chance to sort of yeah give her a bit of love before she moves on to her next step in wrestling and start Absolutely. 2024 fresh. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the only bad news to come out in the past month or so. We do have a couple of injuries to, to cover. Um, yeah, we'll cover the, f the first one we'll cover is one that's not going to be as long lasting in theory. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't like to predict these things. I don't want to jinx her. Uh, but Sayaka Obahiro unfortunately had to pull out of a recent uh, Choco Pro event due to uh, a, a minorish injury sustained through uh, training. Um, it seems like it's mostly just a precautionary protection kind of thing. Uh, given the amount of injuries that's been in professional wrestling, especially in women's wrestling in the past six months, uh, I am all for precautionary taking time off. We do not need to see any more major injuries happening. Uh, but it is obviously a shame Sayaka happened to take a bit of time off, recoup the body. Um, definitely missed in the in-ring action, but thankfully she's still able to kind of be around and doing her thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's it shouldn't be. Uh, it's not a major thing. I think she should be. I, I would assume she'll be back pretty soon. And yeah. I think it was more precaution from what I could gather. Um, mm. You know, I've I've seen her numerous times. You know, chatted with her a couple times over the last couple weeks, and um, uh, she you seems in she's very good spirits. And, and I asked her, you know, hey, how are you feeling? She's like, oh, feeling good, feeling good. And I was like, all right, cool. So uh, she should be back hopefully pretty soon. Um, That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, Saka Hero is out for a little bit. The the bigger injury in terms of at least recovery time, Chiakoshikawa also out. Uh, this was announced on November 9th. Chiakoshikawa, who uh, recently reported as injured, received the results of her examination today. X-rays, MRI, and CT were taken. There were no fractures, but the ligaments of her left elbow were found to be torn both from the front and the back. Um, obviously, she'll be sidelined for the time uh, being to focus on treatment. She then had surgery on the 16th, um, and all reports from that are the surgery went well. Um, hang on. I'm, I'm lying because that's in the future. She, yeah. she, and I know more, most recent updates is she's had the stitches out now as well. So yeah. the stitches are now uh, out from the surgery, which is good. So, uh, of course, we've seen her in a sling recently, although... Uh, in the most recent show, just the other day, she wasn't wearing her sling. It, that show hasn't aired yet. I think it'll air in a couple of days. So it's on this Not, not yep. wearing her sling uh, in the in the newest one, and I was like, "Oh, that's great! She's not in the sling." But uh, I was talking uh, with folks, and apparently, it was just Chie forgot to put her sling on in her boisterous <laughs> rush to to get to open the show and her endless energy. She just completely forgot to put her sling on that she was supposed to be wearing yes. according to the doctor's rules. But she was like, I'll just go and do it. But um, <laughs> underneath her, underneath her lungs, apparently she's got kind of like a, I, I, I haven't seen it yet because she had the long sleeve over it, but uh, they were telling me that she has kind of like a soft cast kind of type of style thing, mm. uh, compression thing that she's wearing uh, over it to keep her arm kind of in the right position it needs to be. Yep. Um, but either way, it's, it's, you know, it's still showing good progress from from all, you know, that us mm. non-licensed medical professionals can can see. Uh, it yes. seems like everything's going well with her recovery. So, um, yeah, we'll hope that she can she can recover well. 
yeah, look, this will be a longer recovery period. And obviously, like, you know, if she's still meant to be wearing her sling, that means there's still a bit of time. And after the sling comes off, there'll be the rehab and building back the strength because yeah. you know, she will have not been using it for a while. But the main thing is the surgery was successful. Um, when I was getting confused, I was looking at the uh, social media reports and it said the 13th. And I'm looking at the time uh, the, when we're recording, it's the 11th. And of course, they were talking about November thirteenth, not December thirteenth. Uh, so, oh, yeah, that's a good point because it'll come out after. Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. Good yeah, point. so yeah. It's, it's over a month since the uh, surgery that you guys will be listening to this. The good news is, yeah, the surgery went well. She seems in her best spirits as always. Uh, if you want to keep up with Chia a bit more, she has been uh, updating like a. a blog a note.com kind of thing um so that's a, a way for you to keep sort of following in on what she is doing and a way for her to express herself now that she's a little bit limited in doing so in the ring um or the, on the mat uh, but yeah, yeah no, 2024 she, but she's still a big right. part of everything right she's doing all the show openings she's doing all the at the end of the show like talking about the merch and all that doing the the briefing of like how the rules of the show uh so she's definitely still being as engaged as as possible she's just yeah. basically doing everything except for wrestling she's still kinda, doing kinda like live the, streams uh, and all this stuff finger. yeah what's that she doesn't stop no, kind of like when she dislocated her finger like she was still at all the events still bit getting involved yeah she's someone who doesn't seem to stop which isn't surprising for someone with too much energy but it is for, for you know fans of her like myself it is good to still see her actively involved in doing pretty much anything she can you know yeah. anything the doctors will let her do exactly <laughs> which um, is good good news is that is all of the injury talk that we have to deal with uh it's all more positive things to discuss moving forward we just have to obviously address those things they are the biggest news pieces i think to cover um you know sometimes you just got to get through the bad stuff uh, and move forward with the good news. And there's been a lot of good news. Uh, I think probably one thing to bring up, it's, it happened a little while ago now, but still relatively recent. May Saruga um, was on her Mexico tour. She's back now. Um, so yeah, she definitely brought a bit of that lucha influence uh, upon return. Not that she never knew how to do that stuff, but I especially noticed in the Rivals main event, uh, it felt like she was doing a little bit more lucha-inspired movement and stuff, and I I'm sure you can see her break that. out a new move just just the other day. Just, yeah, I, I don't remember if it was just yeah. I think she might have popped out a new move in the uh, Mia uh, Balianaki, a uh, Best Bros versus Mia Nonoka. Mm -hmm. uh, it was either that one or the one before. I saw something. I was like, huh. I don't know if I've seen May do that before, or she just did did a move with just a little extra style in it. Like mm. you can see since her Mexico trip, she's really been, uh, you can see some of her luchador game has definitely gone up. Not that it was bad to begin with, yeah. but uh, she's definitely got a little bit more uh, uh, acrobatic and she's really having fun with that. So it's actually really exciting to see. Yeah, all, all reports seem to be that it was another successful trip for her. Obviously, she was there the year before as well. And like, it's not surprising. Like, She seems like someone who's not only incredibly adaptable, but she picks up a lot of this wrestling game quickly. I mean, we, you know, she was in the ring up after like two, three weeks after actually beginning her training. She's just that kind of person. Um, but doing these tours in Mexico, just going to give her a bit of new insight, fresh, fresh lens in the world of wrestling. And for someone at her level who has still, you know, 
so good already, but still has so much more potential ahead of her. These kind of tours can work wonders for just unlocking that next chapter. And I mean, May is already one of the most exciting Joshi out there. And just adding to her game, adapting, you know, she's working with just about anyone, men, women, monsters, uh, can only be good for her. Yeah. Well, it's actually really cool because this is the thing, right? It's very easy to take a booking and take like, oh, I'm going to wrestle in this place for a couple weeks or I'm going to go mm -hmm. wrestle here for a couple shows or even a month or whatever. And you just go there and you play the hits and you, you, do, your, you do your style, you collect your check and you go back, right? There's no need to go there and try to do extra training and learn and adapt and learn new styles and do that. That happens because she's motivated and wants to do this, right? Like mm. a lot of wrestlers, I imagine, might go there and think, I already know what I'm doing. I'm doing what works. And they're not going to want to pick up and change and adapt. The fact that she's going there and within a couple of weeks in Mexico, she's coming back to Japan and she has new moves in her repertoire. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's mm. that's something she doesn't need to do. Um, and I think that speaks a lot for that, that, that uh, drive that she really does have to be the absolute best wrestler she can be. Um, which is pretty cool to see. And so it really does make you wonder, where is this woman's potential? You know, what, where's the ceiling on this? And uh, I, I think it's very high ceiling. And I don't mean like potential to go to X company or whatever. I just mean yeah. her potential um, as an in-ring performer, obviously. Mm. As great as she is, she's probably can still do even more. Um, and it's going to be exciting to watch her uh, over the next few years. Yeah. Most wrestlers with her level of experience are still years and years off of hitting their uh, peak. You know, some, some wrestlers don't find their peak till their mid-30s. Uh, and Mesa Ruga, at the level she's at, I mean, she's already far ahead what most the average wrestler is at her age and her level of experience. But seeing that adaptability, seeing that willingness to learn and excitement for going and doing new things as well, like definitely from the Emi Sakura school in that respect. Um, and in many ways, she is her greatest pupil. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, coming into 2024. I think the Lucha style does lend itself to having more space. So, you know, working within the confines of the Choco Pro ring can be difficult to see the full potential of that. But, you know, as we get to the next show, uh, the Gatto Move show in early January and moving forward in other uh, Gatto Move events and any other booking she takes elsewhere, yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting to see when she starts to implement more of this Lucha style and, you know, really gets I, to showcase what she's been learning. I do think also one thing that us fans probably don't understand as well as the wrestlers do specifically going to mexico and working in mexico and working the lucha style mm. is actually very very different than uh traditional pro wrestling because uh from what i understand from what some wrestlers have been telling me uh i know some wrestlers that that have been doing some loot yeah we're, we're doing some lucha stuff it's really tough for me because the lucha you know we do everything with the right they do everything with the left or like yeah. back or maybe it's flipped maybe here we do everything with the left they do everything but essentially that's essentially what it is like mm. where everything you're trained let's say you train for years you always do something with the right side right 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 and so you you your muscle memory is to do it this way using the right using the right side but in mexico that would be that move or that same thing is done to the left and it's mm. done on the left mm. and like it's not easy to to just flip that switch. It sounds like, oh, well, okay, just do it from the left then. What's the dip? If anyone who's ever done any type of sports or any type of anything where you're doing a repeated activity and you do it, you get that muscle memory to do it a certain way. To flip it and do it the opposite way is actually much harder than it, it sounds oh, yeah. like. 
So it's not an easy adaptation to do. And if someone is going and doing that and trying it and, and, and trying to make these adaptations, it's only going to make them a more complete wrestler. And if they're able to successfully do it, and as we see, May was able to successfully do it, um, it just shows you like, wow, that person is just super talented. Um, so yeah, that, that speaks a lot. It, it's not easy. It's not as easy as one would think to just go to Mexico and adapt a luchador style. Um, so that's, yeah, that's cool. a very important point because I think a lot of us, like we look at the, you know, it makes sense us from you know, Western circles. We look at maybe the transition from the American wrestling style to the Puro style and the, the differences there and how people adapt and stuff. I think it's easy to forget just how big a difference is the lucha wrestling style is because at its core it does work on very different things and the the different sides thing is something I have heard as well and yeah just speaking from experience trying to drive on the other side of the road is just mind bending and like you constantly have to I do not I do not try to drive in Japan I'm like <laughs> yeah I Maybe I'll maybe I'll be perfectly fine at it. I just yeah. have a feeling I'll just be tired one day and I'll oh, I'll just take a left here and I'm going down the wrong way, you know, because I'm driving on the right side of the road because mm -hmm. it's like I've just been driving for a decade in America on that side and you're just sleepy and you end up doing it and you're going down the road the wrong way and you're like, yeah. oh God. It sounds simple. It sounds like it should be an easy transition, but even you just thinking like you're sitting in the left uh, seat instead of the right seat, and that changes your perception of where the car's sitting on the road. Uh, and yeah, unlike Lucha, where if you go onto the wrong side of the person to deliver an Irish whip, it might just seem like, oh, there's a little bit of a botchy move here. If you go on the wrong side driving, you could cause a major accident. But yeah, to adapt that kind of like the Irish rips, the movements, the other thing with Lucha, which I think is very important to mention is just even the way they bump is completely different to a lot of Western uh, style wrestling, where instead of back bumps, it's more rolled through. A lot of cocaine now, bumps in Mexico, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> and and the mats themselves are very different as well. Uh, so you do have to, yeah, it's a completely different thing to see May adapting and learning now. She's worked in America. She's worked in Mexico. She's obviously worked in Japan, done a couple of shows in Britain and stuff. But like that kind of worldly influence is only going to work wonders for her. Um, and yeah, presumably 2024, she'll be off doing the same thing next year. Uh, Balinaki, you know, he's been doing a lot of tours. I assume he's going to be doing it as well. The best bros are becoming world renowned grapplers and have these skills from a whole different world of cycles. And you saw it in the rivals match as well. Like it feels like they're becoming a more complete team. And, uh, I mean, it helped them out. They were able to beat CDK, which is not something a lot of teams can say, and that's something that a bit of a hill they had to climb themselves because uh, that's where they lost the championships uh, last time. Yeah, that that was like – so that's the thing, right? Like when, when the best bros got the belts, you're like, all right, cool. And I know a lot of people, a lot of Choco Mints and a lot of online, you know, a lot of YouTube fans and folks that are watching internationally um, – in, in the Best Bros previous title run, there was a lot of pushback, I, I would see, with a lot of international Chocopo fans. And that's fine. They're not wrong. I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. trying to lambast them and say, oh, you don't know or anything like that. Call it's not them out, Jeff. You feel, you feel how you feel. And, you know, if you like something, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, for some people, I know they, they looked at the Best Bros as kind of like the Best Bros reign of terror as, uh, you know, they just really wanted to see uh, Egg Tart for example, when that, when the, when the tag belts, they thought the best bros have had it so long. I want to see egg tart win or something like that. 
And they really, and, and, and it's fine. I understand that feeling, right? Because it gets frustrating watching Chie lose and lose and lose. You're like, God, Chie, I love you. Just win. Um, but, I'm feeling personally attacked here. No, 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 no. And it's fine because we all want that, right? We yeah. all want that. Oh, my God, is it going to be glorious the one, that day that Chie finally wins uh, one of the, the, you know, whether it's the Super Asia or whether it's the tag belts, you know, there's going to be, that day is going to come eventually. Right. Um, but I mean, shoot, the super Asia may still has to win that too. Right. So, but you never know what's going to happen. Um, but anyway, so I know people were like a little bit frustrated at times during the best bros run. I personally thought the best bros run was great. And I thought they were the right champs to have at that point because, you know, it was like, honestly, they, they were the best and, you know, I, I, there's a reason they're called best bros and CDK beating them was legit. And like, mm. um, cdk same thing cdk were holding the belts for a very long time and it didn't seem like cdk was going to be losing those anytime soon and you know as long as but it's interesting because you didn't see people giving the pushback to cdk that they did for best bros <laughs> even though cdk's reign was longer than the best bros reign mm. you didn't have that same kind of pushback I, I don't know why um i think it's just because aki and may are so good at being just total jerks like cheeky like champions that like you're just like, oh, you get so frustrated with him as they kind of gloat over how much better they are than their opponents. I wonder if part of it was because when Best Bros were champions, that was kind of during the, the height of the pandemic shows. And in many ways, I think they carried those shows. Like that, they really brought a lot of attention to the Gatto Move brand and did a lot to sort of bring everything together. And that included doing a lot of defenses on the shows where CDK, like, you kind of know with Chris Brooks' schedule and Master Takanashi doing his thing, you weren't always going to see them. And you kind of got the got into the groove of when they were defending and when they were going to be there. Whereas with Best Bros, they're there every week and they were defending on the, the basic shows every week. And I think because of you just look at the amount of defenses they had, people were maybe looking at that, okay, well, you know, the beat and everyone, if they beat everyone, what are they going to do next? Whereas CDK maybe had more opponents after um, still to come. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I was obviously fully on the egg tart train uh, i was cheering chier and uh you know went into a deep deep depression when they lost the last time uh but i yeah best bros i think were they were the best champions that they were with both titles I mean, and i agree i thought she i thought egg tart was great and i was like man i definitely want to see egg tarts as the next champion mm. at that time i was really pushing for egg tarts as well um i wasn't ready to necessarily see the best bros lose yet i was like i think there's still time they, they're they're perfectly great champs mm. However, I was also like, it would be cool to see Egg Tarts as, as the next champ. And also yeah. you've got like Chie and Mei, Hagane and Aki. It's mm. it's a nice balance there between the two. You know, you can have Aki and Hagane really. Aki's called Hagane one of his major rivals uh, several points uh, over the last couple of years, over the last year. Um, and they've had some real back and forth. And we know the, the Chie Mei kind of rivalry and mm. kind of Mei is kind of that wall that Chie needs to overcome one day, yep. right? Um, so, but the cool thing is this, that story is still coming. You know, like that's the mm. great thing about it didn't happen. Well, that means great. We can enjoy that when it does happen eventually. It's it's not like that's gone away. We could still have that, right? Um, mm. So it's cool. Um, although I don't know, you know, there, we may end up, who knows? We got obviously Nonoka and Mia, the sisters, uh having you know i don't think they're at that level yet to win the tag belts but you never yeah. know how things could progress um 
we could be in 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 store for a very long best bros reign again and an eventual year and a half down the line we may see the sisters overcome them who knows we may see sayaka and chie overcome them um you never know what would happen right so you don't know um, what they're gonna rock up in uh gato move and uh throw things around the yeah. the uh warm caterpillars rivalry there is i think it's such a key part of the the gato move story that goes on because she is almost always going to be chasing may because may you know she started earlier she literally helped train chair and she picked up wrestling a little bit quicker i think she's a bit more of a natural to it she is kind of constantly having to work harder and harder just to keep up with may and that story like you can tell that story for years and a it's not going to get old because like it is a very natural story progression and when the moment finally comes when chia beats may legitimately not just throwing her out the window in a costume battle royal during halloween um but yeah pins her one two three that's going to yeah honestly it's going to be on the pencil wall levels of payoff and storytelling i think so i think mm. so uh, not to get too, I definitely want to get back to the to the May uh, or the the Best Bros versus CDK match in a little bit, but I do want to say, uh, you mentioned how like you know maybe pick things up better because you know we always call May such a genius and whatever. Um, I can say this, uh, and maybe I'll touch on it more later when we're talking about Baka Gaijin, but like um, so, um, well actually at the time this is released, it will have already been released because Baka Gaijin is tomorrow uh by the time that we're recording so i could say this in the yeah. in the newest baka gaijin zine um the there's interviews with all of the uh with a lot of the different talents that are on it and i know specifically in mao's interview he talks about he literally says people always talk about may as a genius but to me chie is also a genius Chia definitely feels like Mao's kind of genius. Yeah, so I think it was Mao. It might have been yeah. so. I think it was Mao. I can't remember. I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it was Mao that really praised Chie as a genius. Um, so she's we got her own talking. level of genius as well. It's just a little different stuff. <laughs> we will be talking about Bakagajin uh, a little bit more later in the episode, but I do just want to quickly mention the 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 one year anniversary zine that is coming out because yeah you know, I've seen some of the Bakugan zines they're fantastic if you ever get a chance to get one be it in person they do put them up online as well to buy they're a great little purchase this one that's coming out now for the one for the, you know the December edition of Bakugan this is a little bit extra special isn't it Jeff yeah I would say definitely so there are you can't get all of them anymore because they are all limited runs they're all yeah. uh, just one of 100. There's 100 produced for each one. They are absolutely limited edition. Um, you know, I don't even have all of them. I've got most of them though, but I've got, I've got like four or five of them, maybe six. I don't know. I got to check, but I've got quite a few of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they are limited edition and they're all really cool. One of the cool things mm. about them is they're all different. Every mm. single one is different. Like, it's not like different because, Oh, it's, it's about this, this episode or it's about this show, but it's also, I mean, the whole format of it, like Mio. So the Baka Gaijin zines are put together by Mio Okazaki, uh, an amazing artist um, that does a lot of other, uh, does a lot of, oh, I mean, she does a lot, actually. She's <laughs> super busy. She does like so much stuff for some of the different wrestling, a lot of the different wrestling companies out here with various projects for them, uh, along with her own art. That is absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, she does a lot of the Baka Gaijin stuff. 
And uh, she puts a lot of work into these. And the cool thing about them is they're all kind of unique and different. Like I know one of them was kind of almost like, it was like, it's a little pack. I've got it over on my dresser, but it's it, it's done in the, in the section of as if they're Polaroids. So like instead mm. of a normal magazine, like a lot of them are like magazine type. Um, this is actually like a set of Polaroids, one for each player of that issue. And then on the front, it's like a, a portrait thing. And then it's got like a almost signed checky kind of look to it. And on the back, it talks about them. And it has some more pictures and stuff like that. So that one's really cool and different. One of the other ones is like, you know, a lot of the other ones are more traditional zine style, but they're just something a little bit different for each one. Um, so they're pretty cool. Um, but this new one is, of course, for Baka Gaijin. I guess it must be number 12 but uh, or 10. I don't know. Maybe it's the 10th. Maybe number it's 10. It's the 10th, yeah. Yeah, number 10. But it's the one-year anniversary. And mm. so it's a one-year anniversary zine. And it takes a look back at the year in, in Baka Gaijin. And the cool part about it is it's actually got interviews with a lot of the wrestlers. Mm. Um, and not only Mia, uh, Mio, who is Japanese... Of course, the wrestlers are all Japanese, except for Chris. Chris was the only native English speaker. Uh, but Mio went through the extra work of not only having this zine in, in Japanese, but it's got full English as well. So she's interviewed uh, many of the wrestlers. So you've got Chris, you've got Mao, you've got Masa, you've got uh, Antonio Honda, uh, Ueki, and uh, I forget who I forget. I think there's six of them all together. I'm probably forgetting somebody, but uh, you can you can check the zine and find out who it is. But I think there's six different people that she's interviewed for it. Six different players, um, and they're great questions. They all it, it's really cool to see they're talking about their experiences in Bakagaijin, how they got involved in Bakagaijin, uh, what their thoughts are about it. They talk about some of their favorite matches that they were in, some of their favorite moments from, from Baka Gaijin, even when they weren't in them. Um, you get a lot of behind the scenes looks at like some of the different segments that, that are going on in between the matches. Um, like Ueki is talking about uh, the Mad Doctor, talking about, you know, well, oh yeah, I'm this the, the, the one episode, it was supposed to be like this duo comedy bit that I was going to do with Mal, but then I had to do it by myself. And so I came up with this whole thing and, and he's talking about how he come up with his idea and, and, and all that, which is really cool. Uh, talking about how he became a, a part of, of Baka Gaijin when originally he wasn't intended to be a wrestler on Baka Gaijin. Um, so like you get a lot of these really cool stories um, and Mio went through the effort to to make sure it's accessible to international fans. So um, it's 100% in English as well. Um, so you're going to get the Japanese and the English uh, in the zine. Um, so yeah, I would definitely encourage everyone, uh, if they're interested in Bakagaijin, definitely check out the zine and get a copy because a lot of work has gone into it. Um, and I've seen it. It's it's very beautiful. Uh, okay, I haven't seen the final. I haven't seen the final <laughs> version, but I've seen I've seen a bit of it. Um, and from what I of what I have seen, it looks gorgeous. Um, and the good thing is with these zines too, like the one concern I think a lot of people have being outside of Japan and they hear about really awesome Japanese merch is, will you be able to get it? Is it going to be easy to access outside of Japan? And the good news is these zines are always posted up uh, on Mio's website. Yes. But they yeah, so all of these you can get through Mio's, uh, Mio Okazaki's website. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure if you just Google Mio Okazaki, M-I-O, uh, and then O-K-A-Z-A-K-I. If you just Google her, I'm sure her website will come up. Or if you check Twitter, um, you know, the, the official Baka Gaijin Twitter page 
we'll often link that as well. Yep. Um, and you can order them uh, from the States. You can order from anywhere in the, in the world and she'll deliver it along with other. I, and I would, I would definitely say if you're going to order the Baka, a Baka Gaijin zine, check out some of her other merch too. Cause mm -hmm. she has some killer designs. Like a lot of times we talk about wrestling t-shirts or wrestling adjacent merchandise. And there's always this kind of joke about how ugly it all is and how it's like, <laughs> you can't actually wear any of it unless mm -hmm. you're going to a wrestling show. Cause people look at you like, what is this disgusting shirt that you're wearing? Or, you know, like some of these things that are vaguely quite offensive, you know what I mean? <laughs> like some of these yeah. shirts. Um, Mio's got some really cool t-shirts. Um, I know that I wear them. I know Chris wears them. Um, although Chris will tell you, I don't wear them, but I was like, I've seen you wear these. Okay, <laughs> like we were all joking together. Uh, he was giving Mio a hard time, but um, she's got t-shirts. She's got like, actually I have a bag. Um, it's a really cool little bag that she, that she did. And it was not that expensive at all, but it's like my little backpack and it's got some of her uh, uh, kind of design on it. Uh, it's pretty freaking cool. So, and it's something that whenever I wear, people are always like, oh, that's a really cool bag. I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, it always gets good kind of comments because it's just cool looking and fashionable. But if someone's a wrestling fan, they'd look and they'd be like, oh, that's kind of wrestling related. Like, yeah, it is. So it's kind of cool. You can have some kind of standout pieces that probably not a lot of people in your neighborhood or city are going to have, unless you live in Tokyo and you happen to be going to the Bakagaijin or some of these very niche communities in Tokyo. Maybe you might see some other... Neo Okazaki merch and you're like oh cool but it's mostly a lot of times it's like the wrestlers are wearing it you know it's mm -hmm. like you know you get that like it's kind of like Hao Ming right so Hao Ming mask was a couple years ago Hao Ming was one of those brands that wrestlers that wrestled in Japan or went to Japan they go back to the state you'd see like Kenny Omega wearing it or other people wearing it but the only people you ever really saw wearing it were wrestlers and mm -hmm. fans who didn't know how to get it um, and didn't know where to get it but now Hao Ming's grown so much that a lot, you'll see it on a lot of fans now as well. And Hao Ming is one of the most popular brands on uh, great style. Oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't say this. I, actually, I, I know I can't say this probably. But, okay, there's someone, not Choco Pro, but, okay, there might be someone related to Bakagaijin that may have a collaboration with Hao Ming. Because I know he's not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but there is, uh, from what I understand, there, there, there's likely going to be uh, in the next few weeks, maybe even, but pretty soon there may be a collaboration come out of Hao Ming that I know that I'm going to be absolutely scooping up. Um, but but yeah, so uh, Hao Ming does cool stuff. But yeah, so Mio Okazaki, you can get her stuff and you can have some really cool stuff that is kind of like people in the know will know, but other people mm. won't, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah, and the important thing is international shipping, which is such a lifesaver. You don't have to deal with the third-party shipping. You don't have to deal with the added costs of doing that. They will ship it for you. Um, one of my biggest regrets when I went to Japan a couple of years ago, I went to the Haoming store and, you know, I was talking to the guy very friendly. Shokara, he was very friendly. He asked me if I was a wrestler. And when he asked me that, you know, because I walk in, I'm six foot five, I'm fairly broad-shouldered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, if you don't look at the actual body shape, you could think, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit jack. Um, and I, when he asked me that, behind him was like just a, a, a sea of photos with him with wrestlers. And there's a small part of me was like, do I just say I'm like an obscure Australian wrestler and get my picture up on the wall? But unfortunately, I was too virtuous and I said, no, I'm just yeah. tall. Oh, I get asked that a lot as well, even though I'm tiny. 
because I'm always <laughs> to wrestling bars and I have friends mm. within wrestling and a lot of the wrestler friends that I have, you know, they just hey, da, da, Jeff, blah, blah, blah. So like sometimes people ask, oh, are you other wrestlers? Are you a wrestler too? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Not yet. Not just yet. Just a we'll nerdy fan like anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, I was like, do you see the size of me? Clearly I'm not a wrestler. Although, you know, I guess I could I could definitely stunt double for Marco's stunt if, if I still had my long hair. Classic underdog story, my friend. You can play that off old as time. Um, but, yeah, Buck Gaijin first anniversary will be happening. It will have happened by the time this airs, both for Patreons and the regular people. So be sure to check that out and keep an eye on the Buck Gaijin website or Mio Okazaki. There will be links to the zine. If you're going to pick up one Buck Gaijin zine, and I do recommend it, feels like this is going to be the one to get. Um, probably getting quick because I could see this one selling out very quickly given everything in mind. Yeah, but we did I, want... I was even telling Mio, like, you might want to do like 150 of these. Mm. I don't think it would, but I was like, I could see this one selling out because it looks really yeah. good, it's really nice. Uh, there's a lot of really a lot of text into it, which is really cool. Mm. And you get a lot of behind the scenes, like, look at, at how Bakagaishin's created. So, like, I know for a fact, I was like, yeah, this is the one to buy if you're on the fence, you know mm. what I mean. You get yourself a nice Christmas present from uh, Mio Okazaki. Um, but we did, we alluded to it. We wanted to go back to it. Uh, Ghetto Move Rivals happened on the 20th of November. Um, it came out pretty quickly as well onto the, the YouTube uh, page. So that was really encouraging. Obviously, main evented by, honestly, I think one of the best matches of the year for Ghetto Move, which was CDK versus Best Bros. Um, what were your thoughts about this show? Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the best matches of the year in wrestling. I'll correct you because um, you said it. Got... <laughs> no, it it was amazing. It, it was a great show, fun show. Um, obviously, the everyone was there for that. That main event is really what people really want. Was like, oh, we mm. can't wait for Best Bros versus CDK. But the whole show was a lot of fun. Um, you had a lot of good stuff up and down the, the card. Uh, but that main event, my goodness, like it was just so epic. Like. It, it was really cool, right? So this is one thing I could say. So when I I, I brought, <laughs> so I went to that show. I brought, I had a group of, I brought five people with me to that show of like people from in and around like uh, my pro wrestling kind of drinking friends around Cielo. Um, so my friend Nozomi, who's bartender at uh, Cielo, one of the pro wrestling bars, uh, Ami-chan, who is, um, uh, she works, uh, I won't mention what, her stuff, but she's also pressing fan. She, okay, she actually had a bar. She bartended last night as a guest bartender um, for at Cielo. Uh, she's a PPP, uh, one of the PPP kind of girls, if you will. So she's related to PPP promotion. Um, our other friend, Hoshino-chan, who's a big Antonio Honda fan. So I was like, come on to Gato Move and we can watch Antonio Honda together. And so she really was there to see Honda. Uh, and then we had a couple others. So we basically had a whole group of like six people. And it was... For three out of the six, it was their first time to ever see a Gato Move show or a Chocolate Pro show. Mm -hmm. uh, Nozomi's been to one before. She's been to two or three before with me. I brought her to one, and then she's been coming back. And then one of the other guys was quite familiar with Chocolate Pro. Um, but yeah, so like both Ami and Hoshino were both like, oh my God, this show was so fun. I want to come back again. And meet, like they immediately want to come back again. Um, and so I know for the next upcoming show to the future, uh, I was talking with Ami yesterday. So Ami's coming with me. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's go together. Let's go again. I want to go to the show again. She's like, oh, oh, but let's message Hoshino-chan and see if she wants to come with us too. And uh, so we're, we're seeing if Hoshino-chan wants to come and uh, we're going to hopefully have another big group for that. Um, so sadly, Nozomi can't come because it's a Wednesday and she'll be bartending at Cielo that, that evening. 
But yeah, so I mean, that speaks highly. Like people came, it was their first time and immediately like, I want to go back to another Gato Move show. Mm. So that's always good to see. Um, it so, felt like one of the more complete Ghetto Move. And when I say Ghetto Move, I mean the in-ring stuff that they do. One of the more complete Ghetto Move shows they've done, probably since the DPW crossover events, in terms mm. of like a complete package. Obviously had an absolutely stellar main event, but top to bottom, it was one of those shows that didn't really let up. Yeah, it was it was just great. I mean, I, I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy every Gato Move show, so I mm. can't really I can't really talk. I mean, I think they're all amazing and they generally are quite consistently good. Um, but yeah, so it was just really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for this next one because like, it's really wild. Like every, every time Gato Move does a, a in-ring show, they definitely do their best to pull out all the stops. Um, you know, like we've got, uh, well, you're the, you're the transitions guy. So maybe I should let you Transition. Now you you're doing well, mate. You are you doubted yourself. I was. I was smoothly transitioning. I realized, oh, I'm stealing. I'm stealing my co-host's job here. No, take the spotlight, my friend. But it's too late now because you've uh, brought attention to it. So I, I will uh, steer the ship because we are moving towards the future, and maybe in the future you'll be doing the transitions for us. But January 10, 2024. It's uh, getting weird to say that after I'm going to screw up the the years so badly. Especially like I've got podcasts which will be like recording on like the 29th or 30th that released in the start of 2024 i butchered those something shocking but january 10th we've got two matches announced so far and i mean in terms of matches announced these are massive the first one was one we were meant to get early this year mesa ruga versus stardom's miyu amasaki some of you may know her as kevin um this was a match that was meant to happen early unfortunately Mia got injured uh we got the replacement which was Momoka Hanazono which was an incredible match another one of my favorite Gato Move matches of the year but really happy to see this match happening again uh happening this time and I've got to say like in the time since this the original match was planned and now we're coming to it now uh May May Mia has improved quite a bit. She's done a lot of tag work with Asumi in the O2 line during the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, and I feel like it's really starting to click together for her. So, getting the improved uh, Mia Amasaki going up against May Saruga to kick the year off is a very exciting match. And the other match, which is a crazy match, I can't believe it's happening. Balianaki going up against the legend Masato Tanaka, of course, of ECW fame. He had those legendary battles with Mike Awesome. He was in DDT. The very first DDT show I went to, he was in the main event fighting Mao, which is crazy to think about now in 2023, knowing Mao a lot better uh, in now as opposed to back then. But that's certainly not a match I had on my bingo card. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I am here for that. Yes, absolutely. Like that, those are some two marquee matches. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool because I think, yeah, I mean, I'll say when, when they announced uh, versus uh, Kevin, <laughs> Miyu Amasaki, uh, <laughs> it was really like, whoa, cool. Like there's mm -hmm. a such fun, like, yes, we got back to this because like, I feel like there was this like real excitement around that when it was first announced. It was yeah. like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's a got to move stardom crossover. And like, there's all this like potential there to see. And it's like, cause you know, May had done some stardom stuff around that mm. time and around, I think it was around the battle Royal that she won where she was able to eventually challenge uh, Azumi. I mean, uh, a, uh, excuse me, AZM. Uh, let me not steady get, on Mercedes. Let me not get in trouble with Mercedes. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, like uh, I, I remember there was a, there was some back and forth and exchange and, and, May being quite, uh, I think May seemed quite uh, charmed 
with Miu and her whole like kind mm -hmm. of like point kind of type type thing. Uh, and May was quite into it and like mimicking it and all that. And they seemed to have quite a fun little connection. And so it was kind of fun to see like, oh, this is a really cool little fun interaction. Not to mention it brings us the mindset of like, where could this possibly grow? You know, mm -hmm. like May's been in stardom. Now we have a stardom person coming across into Gato Move. We know there's a strong connection with May and Azumi. Could we, and we also have seen Starlight Kids show up in Gato Move at Ichigaya Square. <laughs> so it's like, what's going on here? And you know, like it's it, so it was a lot of that. So I think a lot of us were really excited for that. And it was a bit sad when, when she got injured. Um, mm. But of course, Gato Move, as you said, somehow pulled a rabbit out of their hat and replaced it with Mokanazono. Mo and it's like, that's amazing too. Like, it's mm. like, oh my God. So like, you know, cause people are worried like, oh, how can, how can we possibly make up for this? But we got an amazing Hanazono match out of it, which yeah. was a killer, killer match. Um, and I think a lot of people forgot. I was like, oh, missed opportunity. Oh, well. So to see it come back. Oh, we're still, we're, we're still there, baby. We, we're, 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 we're back. Let's go. Um, so it's, it's really exciting to see. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a lot of potential. I'm really excited to see how that match is going to go. Uh, what we may see out of that match, who knows? Mm -hmm. We might see, we might see Azumi, you know, at the show. Who knows? Hey, right? Queen's Quest sister, they, they, they mean, support each match, other. You know, may 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 take out Miu and Azumi may have to come and challenge her. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> fantasy booking my dream, but maybe I'm fantasy booking my dream. No, but um. Yeah, it, it should be exciting. And then, of course, as you said, Bali and Aki going into Legend. That's cool because I think for a lot of fans, this might be our first experience seeing him, you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially because not every, you know, some Gata Move fans only watch Joshi. Um, yeah. And so their their interactions with the broader world of Japanese pro wrestling a lot of times comes from these Gato Move in-ring shows or Choco Pro Ichigaya shows where due to the connections that Emi Sakura and Masa have, you know, you end up getting some really cool faces just coming through. Uh, I mean, look at Choco Pro 1, Balinaki versus Minoru Suzuki. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the cool things about Gato moving Choco mm -hmm. Pro is like, you, they they have serious, I mean, heck, Kenny Omega has wrestled in Gato Move before. So, you know, Kenny Omega wrestled in Gato Move quite a bit back in the day before he uh, moved out of Japan. So Gato Move has a charm and has a, Something about it that these legends of wrestling want to be a part of. Um, yeah, and so six it's degrees really cool of separation with Choco Pro is a very easy game to play. Um, it'll be very interesting to see, yeah, like the stardom Choco Pro connection continuing to grow. Uh, I'd love, like, Azumi and Mesa just they support each other so much online. Like, you, you know, Azumi's always kind of posting photos, uh, having attended events, Maze at, and vice versa. So, yeah, I, I would love for her to just be a second for Mio Amasaki. I'd love for Lady C to be a second too, because she was someone who was kind of uh, angling to maybe rock up in Ichigaya Square. She was asking Chris Brooks, will I fit? Because um, <laughs> she is amongst the taller Joshi out there. Chris is the right person to be asking for her. Chris is like, what do you mean I fit? What are you talking <laughs> I think Lady C would be almost a perfect addition to Chocolate Pro because her personality in Queen's Quest gets subdued a little bit. And whenever she kind of steps away from that and starts interacting with some of the other people, it feels like you see a bit more vibrancy. She had a lot of connection with Chia when Chia came into the New Blood. So that's kind of my low-key uh, petition for 2024 is to get the lady in Ichigai Square. 
Um, but yeah, this January 10th show is very exciting. And I mean, this first week and a half and the last week in December, uh, the new year for J Japanese wrestling is traditionally just chaotic, crazy. Uh, we have Choco Pro doing a lot of events, but especially for them finishing off with this particular show, the future. Um, if you, Obviously, you're checking out all of the Gatto Move stuff, but this feels like a show in particular that you really want to be locked in on. Yeah, although I will say, if there is anyone who for some reason is listening and they didn't see the last Rivals show, I would absolutely say that should also be a must-watch mm. show. Um, absolutely. You know, that show absolutely is must-watch, and I think, I, I mean, not I, we only talked about the main event, but in addition yeah. to that, you had, like, so my friend Ami, um, who I have to go to meet a little bit later, actually, right after we, I, I just got a message like, Jeff, do you want to meet us for dinner? But I'm like, uh, I'm still recording. I'll meet you guys soon. <laughs> but um, uh, like Ami, it was her first uh, Choco Pro. Uh, and but so she loved uh, the Makoto uh, versus uh, uh, Sayaka match because uh, she's quite she she quite liked Makoto. She was, oh, Makoto Kakui, Makoto's so cool. <laughs> and uh, so, like, that was really cool to see Sayaka versus Makoto. Uh, that was an important match for Sayaka. Mm. Um, you know, they've they've done a match before in YMZ. It was a cosplay match. Um, but this was their first, like, serious match. And I know for Sayaka, it was a very big match for her, looking at Makoto as not only a rival, but as, like, a uh, a mentor kind of type of thing, almost like a Chie look, looking at Mei. Mm. You have uh, you have the... Uh, Harashima, uh, you know, Harashima, the face of DDT, essentially, with mm. uh, Tamara, the face of and the owner of uh, <laughs> Heat Up, and Chon, who we all know Chon is amazing, uh, against kind of like a, a kind of rookie team of uh, Munetatsu, uh, uh, so Mune, Hajime, and Dr. Gore's last uh, match in Chaco Pro on his tour. So you can see kind of... Uh, the culmination of, of everything that Gore was doing in Choco Pro. Um, then you've got the Kurumi and Sayaka Obihiro tag match against Colors of Saki and Yuko Sakurai. And um, if anyone watched recently, Kurumi's been doing great stuff as a real power player. Uh, the muscle, you know, she's mm. even bounce Aki around. Uh, 2023 has been a great year for Kurumi in just about everything she's done. Yeah, absolutely. She She stood out immediately like, wow, this is great. Um, I do think Kojo could have been in that role as well. I think uh, Obihiro and Kojo, I think Karumi and, and Obihiro have a similar vibe, whereas like one's mm -hmm. the muscle and then the other's kind of like the zany antics and cleverness. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a different vibe between Kovio, Kojo and Karumi. And I, I thought Karumi was killer and I was really excited for that. So that's amazing that watching that, man, Karumi was just bulldozing everybody in that match and then you've got uh of course then you had uh black komanichi versus uh karyoniyama and hagane shino uh what are the uh are they call madoke is it it's madoka yone yone madoka i don't know but it's like the combination of like yoneyama and madoka which was uh uh hagane's uh older uh name before he became mm. uh, hagane um so that that's a freaking match too i mean like when you look up and down that card there's just so much interesting stuff going on in that card. Um, and so for right now, we only know of two matches, um, two great matches yeah. for uh, to the future. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what else is going to be put on that card. Because if, if, if rivals is in any case in, if rivals is any indication, 
we're in for a treat. Um, and I do think that Emi Sakura wants to, you know, Rivals was definitely making a point and like, this is where Choco Pro is now. Mm. And like the culmination of things, especially that Best Bros versus CDK. And like the Best Bros defeating CDK is really that, okay, we're going into the, the future of this reign and this new era of Choco Pro and this new era of Gato Move. And I think this show is going to be the one meant to solidify that. Um, so we'll see what works with that. I'm, I'm very curious to see where um, Mia and Nonoka fall on that. Uh, if they're going to be in singles matches or if there's going to be in tag matches. Uh, I'm very curious to see. I know that we do have coming up, uh, there will be Bali and Aki versus uh, Mia in a singles match coming up at a future uh, Ichigaya show uh, this coming next week, I think. And then you have May versus Nonoka. Um, so this is kind of coming off the uh, Best Bros versus the, the Setoichi sisters that just mm. happened at the most recent Ichigaya. Um, so now they're moving into a singles between each of them. So we'll see what happens. And I imagine we might flip it and do the other side. Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm curious to see where they're going to sit on the card, where Sayaka is going to be on the card. Um, if if we'll have Sayaka be hero back uh, for that, hopefully we'll have her back. I don't think we'll see Chie on that card. Uh, I think she'll. No. I don't expect to see Chie wrestling for several months. Yeah. Um, you know, six months maybe. You know, I'm I'm thinking. Who knows? Um, I have no idea, but it wouldn't surprise me. It's important that she takes it slow and comes back when she's ready. Mm. Um, it'll be fun to see what other guests they have. So, I'm definitely excited. Oh, Sakura Sakura San is going to be on the card as well. So Emmy Sakura will be back, and she will be. Uh, on that that card as well so that's always exciting so who knows who Sakura is going to destroy when she comes <laughs> she, she's not going to come in and just relax uh, and she's not going to be able to either because this sort of new year's period uh Chaka pro always run a lot of shows uh but this one in particular is looking crazy so much so that they're even running a promotion to encourage people to rock up multiple times it, it's kind of like a get four stamps and you get a group photo thing which you absolutely know jeff is going to pull off yes it is the 30th the 31st the first and the second so it is specifically those four shows yes. um <clears throat> so you know um that that is something to note uh mm. so if you were planning on going to like three of those plus the sixth or you're going to go to the one before it plus three. It's not going to work. You got to go to those four shows for that new year's kind of those, that new year's those four specific days in a row. Mm. But if you do, you get a little stamp card, you collect it on the first show, the, the, the 30th, and then each day you get it stamped. And then on the uh, second, you can redeem it for a photo together with the entire roster. From what I understand, which is a very rare opportunity. Yep. They usually don't do those type of checkies. It's it, you don't really get a chance to get like a checky with the full roster. You'll mm. you know you'll get a checky with one person or a checky with two people, and usually paying about a thousand one hundred yen per. So I mean, if you get a checky with I don't know eight people, let's say I don't know what the roster is going to be like. Is it whoever's there on that show? Is it going to be just the girls? Because you know, like at the end, technically Aki's not in the like the roster. Technically, is like. Nonoka, Mia, Sayuri, uh, Sayaka, Obihiro, uh, Otoki, Mei, Chie, like, and, and mm. Sakura-san. That's the official yeah. Nato Move roster. Uh, where Chaco Pro, of course, you also have Aki, you have Masa. You've got, you know, those are essentially members, right? Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, so I would imagine it's going to be everybody. But, like, so you're talking about that check you would normally probably pay, like, 
8,000 yen for it, 10,000 yen for <laughs> I don't think anyone would. I think that would be crazy. Like, I'm going to, that's a lot. But it'll be really cool to have a checky together with all that, that group photo mm. with everyone. Um, I might actually have to buy a Polaroid camera just to get it in Polaroid style <laughs> rather than using my phone. Yeah. Into that. It's a special one. Um, yeah, it's a special one for sure. It's a, it's a great way to start the new year, you know, so Speaking of that, like, I think I looked at my thing because uh, I think I've been to around 60, 60 Gato Mover Choco Pro shows this year. So it'll be, man. it'll be ironic if I've been to literally like 60 <laughs> plus, you know, because this is the year's not even over yet. Yeah. But if I've been to like 60 plus Gato Move shows this year and I don't get the checky. Huh. <laughs> I'm like, come on! I missed one. I've been to sixty this year. Come on! I did like a string of like forty in a row. Come on! Like, you got you got to, have to pull your influence strings there if that's right? the case. Um, but it is important to mention because obviously, like, this is a busy time for Choco Pro. They're going to be running a lot of events at Ichigaya. But if you're heading over, you know, you're going to be in Japan during this period. You're not going to be the only one. And wrestling events during this time of year are always packed. They always sell out. And if you're not sure what it looks like at a Choco Pro that is swarming with people attending over the Wrestle Kingdom period, just go back and watch like the January 2 or January 3 Choco Pro shows that happened this year. And you will see that it's important to get in, get your tickets early because the entire window was filled with people. I had a friend yes. who went over this year, was kind of planning last minute. Uh, I believe you met him, uh, Jeff Kieran, who helps run this website. Uh, he was going to go to one of those shows and it was just crazy. He ended up going like a week later. It was a bit more respectable I, in the window. Yeah. I haven't even bought my tickets yet. I need to get mine ASAP. I should order them today. But that being said, so this is one of the cool things is so Live Pocket, apparently maybe some foreign fans have been having issues with Live Pocket or they're, they're not too sure. So one of the cool things is uh, Gato Move has actually kind of mentioned and they've, they've put it out there that if you're having trouble uh, using the Live, they, they just posted about it yesterday. Mm. But if you've been having trouble purchasing the tickets to the Live Pocket, um, you can shoot them a DM um, and uh, they'll be able to try to, they'll do their best to, you know, if you send them the dates, the show number, the number of tickets that you need by DM, they will uh, try to work with you and let you know if, if they can make a reservation for you. Yeah. Um, now, maybe they might not be able to do all of them. Like you might say, oh, I want a ringside for them. Maybe because it has to do it possibly, they might have a hard time trying to put it in the system and mm. prevent someone else from buying that seat at also, you know, um, but I don't know. Uh, but I do know who, and uh, one of the unsung heroes, young sung, unsung heroes <laughs> of Gato Move. I know Kauri, Kauri San, their staff member, the, uh, the 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 sole official Gato Move staff member, is going to be handling all of that and and doing her best to help everybody with their uh, tickets and make sure they can get tickets. Uh, I was talking with her just the other day, and she's like, oh, "I'm very, I'm very busy." <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of work right now with all the shows coming in. And I was like, mm. Kari-san, make sure you have time to rest. She's really working her butt off to try to help everybody make sure that everybody has as best of experience as they can. Um, so, yeah, so if you're having trouble with the Live Pocket, you can also do, do it through a DM. Mm. However, if you are able to get the Live Pocket site working, I would suggest doing that and save Kauri a little bit of work. <laughs> It, it might be because I know, like, when I bought the tickets to Choco Pro when I went this year, um, I didn't need to input my mobile phone number. And I was just casually looking because me being me, I always looked at, 
I'm always got one eye on my next trip to Japan, and I was sort of just messing around with dates. And it's like, oh, okay, can I you know, see what seats are available if I was to head over this period? And you did have to input your mobile number, which can be a mess, you know, doing yeah, live, number, Australian basically number. Live Pocket changed their site. It used to be easier, but uh, sometime mm-hmm. over the course of 2023, Live Pocket as the the, the web, not Chocolate Pro's Live Pocket. No. I mean, the, the, the website itself, yeah. uh, it had to do with the Japanese laws changing on certain things where they had to change the way they did it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it was basically the, the ticket site had to change the way they do it. And they, they needed to require to have more information for, you know, it's it's probably re- relegated to like basically J- Japan making sure they know how to apply taxes for things and things <laughs> like that. And knowing if it's a resident versus a non-resident, it's it's mm. it's a huge headache, but um, but yeah, so it made it a little bit harder, but it's still way easier than stardom tickets. I can promise you that. <laughs> as as someone who went to Japan and was going to, I went to like six or seven events. Choco Pro, even with this added wrinkle, is still like the easiest group to get tickets for. But yeah, try to live ticket. If you can't do that, DM the Ghetto Move uh, team. Kaori will do her best to help you out. But our recommendation, get in early, get in now. If you know you're going over there, get your tickets locked in because you don't want to be sort of on January 2 wanting to go to the January 3 show or something and being like, Wait, oh. wait, wait. Actually, let me let me, let me, me adjust that. Wait two days and then do it so that I have time to buy my <laughs> tickets before. Do yeah. not buy window seat number 55 or 56. Please leave that for Jeff. Um, otherwise, I'll be a very sad boy. I better buy my tickets quickly. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised they even sell that ticket. I, I just assume. You know, I should just tell them, "Hey, Kauri, just take that one off the site, and just because yeah. you know I'm going to take it." I'm, literally, <laughs> it's like one out of every dozen shows or whatever I miss. Like I've I've missed maybe a handful of shows over the course of the year, and it's only because of a work trip. Um, I'll do actually, season was, tickets soon enough, just for you. I had I was supposed to go to the. I was thinking about going to Tokyo Comic Con on uh, the ninth. Because uh, you know, I have some friends that were. I went to. I went to it on the eighth, actually. But I was. I was also meant to go on the ninth because my friend was doing some cosplay there, and I was going to help her out, so she didn't have to go by herself. And there was also PPP was doing wrestling matches at it, and uh, Actress was doing rest. So like, there was like two Actress shows and one PPP show at Tokyo Comic Con on the ninth, and so I was really, I really wanted to see those, but. There was a gato move. There was a chocolate push one night. Sorry, your true love. Sorry, Comic Con. I know you're great, but I got to go to Choco Pro. So uh, I missed out on uh, free act rest girls, free PPP, and a fun time at Comic Con. But I didn't miss anything because Choco Pro is awesome, <laughs> and it looked like a good show, which will be available. Pretty much once this episode is live, that show that uh, Jeff went to will be live as well. Um, Patreon's. You, know, you might have to wait a day or two, depending on when you listen to this. Um, one final bit of news before we start to wrap up. Um, very cool little thing. Uh, I can't say I've seen it myself, uh, but the Darajo project, which, of course, is basically the Choco Pro Gato Move training uh, system, which, of course, gets pop- put up on lo- uh, YouTube as a live stream, actually appeared on a couple of uh, Japanese uh, television websites. Uh, television websites. Uh, television television websites. Recently. Television yeah, um, channels live yeah, television in japan uh for all these uh i know for most of us uh okay i'm not that young but for uh, i know a lot of y'all are younger than me i looked young enough um <laughs> but uh I, i'm an old man as well and i firmly remember watching television um i don't watch it these days in japan actually i i don't but but yeah so two of the japanese television channels including the largest japanese television channel called nhk mm. which is 
Um, I guess the most you you know, I guess the real comparison would be like PBS in in, in America, yeah. uh, which is the public broadcast kind of network. Um, and that because it's in every home, essentially, right? Because it's like a government type of thing that's in every home, but a little different because in America, PBS is not really watched by most people. <laughs> um, so it's probably a, a more closer like to like a Fox or an NBC or an ABC. Like it's basically it's a it's a television channel that's in every household in Japan. In fact, it's kind of a, a running gag in, in, with the foreigners in Japan, especially because like for me, I, I, I have a television right here next to me. But I only use it to watch like Netflix or play PlayStation 4 mm. on um, or watch DVDs on. It's actually not even connected to like I don't have an antenna on it. It's not connected. I get zero channels on it. But if I was to put an antenna, I would get NHK as one of the channels. So the NHK guy will come around to the house every so often and knock it on the door to ask for payments for the NHK that you have to give. And uh, I'm just as a foreigner, you you just look at them and say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese. English, please. <laughs> and then they look at you with the deer in the headlights look and you go, ah, and you just look at them confused and they look at you confused. And then you just kind of slowly shut the door and then it's okay. But if you're Japanese and you answer the, the door, you get like passive aggressively guilt tripped into giving them money basically. Um, <laughs> as almost like it's a tax uh, and Japanese people are like, oh, I hate those guys. And as a foreigner, I'm like, eh, it doesn't bother me so much. I just look at them and act confused. Um, but, but yeah, so, but NHK is actually a great channel. I watched a lot of NHK when I was in America, when, before I moved mm. to Japan, um, I would watch the NHK world channel, uh, which was uh, NHK stuff in English. And they would do lots of different, they had like cool Japan and all these little NHK documentaries about different like streets and different towns and things like that. And uh, it had, especially the NHK documentaries, had this like really chill vibe, and it was like peaceful and like the 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 voice, the uh, the English voice they use is like very calming. And so like I would like just throw it on when I was like studying, and it was kind of relaxing. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a huge channel. Um, mm. So it's really cool that that they spotlit Darejo, um, yeah. and they came in and they they did a spotlight on Darejo and filmed it. Um, and from what I understand, Konigiri-chan was the star of the show um, with Konigiri-chan, <laughs> Konigiri-chan's mom having her do some drop kicks on the pad and stuff like that. Uh, so, so she was quite the star. Um, but I'm sure if you if you follow their social media, you've seen like screenshots of it. Mm. I'm seeing if I get. I think my my Japanese buddy um, is. I got to check with him. So there was two. There was another one which was on TV Asahi, maybe, uh, which is another one of the big channels. Um, and that was just kind of a, a morning show where one of the things with a lot of Japanese television, they do a lot of variety shows and they're mm -hmm. even their morning TV shows. Like I've been on, I've actually been on Japanese morning television before as well uh, for morning zip. And it was uh, the morning show. And that was in 2016 when they were doing the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump third presidential debate. I was a university student at that time studying political science and international relations. And uh, they wanted some people for the morning show. So I had to go on the show and they had a bunch of people. And, and you know, I was watching. I, they basically I would watch. They would play like a clip of debate point of a debate talking point of Trump and Hillary. And then we'd have like a little cutout standee of like one of them had Hillary's head on it. And the other had Donald Trump's head on it. And we'd, we'd watch and listen. And then we'd have to hold up the head of who we thought 
won the argument or had the better argument during the debate. And then, you know, we talk about it a little bit. And uh, yeah, so I was I was on morning zip for that and uh, basically telling Japanese people about American politics and 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 things like that. So it's kind of strange. I had to I had to put on a proper suit for that. But um, more interestingly, so the, the segment that 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 they're part of is it's a segment where uh, one of the you know, it's a famous television actor, someone, you know, he's an older man and he does walks through different parts of uh, Japan and Tokyo and other places. And he'll do like a kind of walk through the neighborhood and they'll kind of pop in and discover things in the neighborhood. And so this walk happened to be through Ichigaya, which, uh, believe it or not, for us Choco Pro fans, of course, the most famous thing about Ichigaya is Ichigaya Chocolate Square. But for your average Japanese, the most famous thing in Ichigaya is probably the Ministry of Defense. Actually, the Ministry of Defense is located in Ichigaya. Um, so that's a, it's a major uh, thing. So a lot of government folks, uh, Japanese uh, JSFDF, JSDF, Japanese Self-Defense Forces and things like that, they're all based there in, in Ichigaya. I've got a, I've actually got a couple friends in the JSDF, J, uh, the JASDF, Japan Air Self-Defense Force that I know from uh, when I do my events out in Iwakuni. Um, and actually two of them have now shifted into roles at the Ministry of Defense at the main, like kind of got promoted through to, you know, they're like um, higher up uh, in, 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 in the Air Self-Defense Force. You know, one of them's a f uh, former pilot. He was a pilot in JS, so cool. I forget what his, I don't remember what his, his call signal was, but it was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, he was like a cool fighter pilot, but now he's in the uh, the Ministry of Defense. So I, I've been meaning to to go out for Izakaya. So what I wanted to, I should invite them to Choco Pro. That's what <laughs> I'll, I'll have to invite them over to, hey, we're in Ichigaya, let's go. But anyway, but I'm getting off track as usual. Um, call me off track, Jeff. This window is off the track. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, great puns. You can please delete that from the the audio recording no it's staying um, in we're, we're using <laughs> we're using that as the snippet that we use to advertise this episode but yeah so anyway um this segment is uh, a guy he walks through and kind of pops in i guess i i haven't seen it yet but i imagine he's like what's that i hear down the alley and he goes to pop his head in <laughs> and they happen to be doing a training segment um and i know dr gore is part of that one as well and so they're kind of just looking at the training going on with that mm. um my japanese friend um k Kei Sugihara, the number one uh, El Desperado cosplayer in Tokyo, which makes him the number one El Desperado cosplayer in Japan, which makes him the number one El Desperado cosplayer in the world. Um, uh, he, uh, he was kind enough to record that uh, for me. Uh, actually, I got, I got a copy for Dr. Gore from him as well. So, and I got a copy for Ichigaya for him. So I was like, oh, Make make could you make three copies? I'll give one to Gord. I'll, I'll have one up there. <laughs> so so I, I told him about the second one. So I think if he remembered, he's also recorded that one for me. So I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I'll check once I get the files. I he's been he's meant to give me the DVD for a while now, but we just haven't met. Um, but once I get the files, actually, yeah, he's gonna give it to me on DVD. My computer doesn't have a DVD player. So I, I'm going to just, I should just tell him, could you just email me the file? But, uh, or I'll have to buy a DVD player to attach to my computer so that I could then rip it to my PC. Then I'll have the digital files. That's all school. Saying, maybe if I can get it all set up, maybe we could possibly get those out to some ChocoCast listeners if we can. 
So. Definitely won't be going public if it's TV Asahi because they are notorious for not allowing anything going out that isn't expressly from them. Uh, as Kieran can attest to, he uh, has lost many Twitter webs, uh, Twitter I'm accounts. I'm just saying, if too. somebody shoots me an email and yeah. asks for it and I send him a Google Drive link, I'm just saying. It, it, it's just being shared peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, exactly. You can put my name on that list of people who want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, this 2024 for ChocoCast is coming to a close. Normally we do the sponsored moment of the month, but I think given it's December and we're looking to 2024 as well, what we're going to do, we're going to bring back the old favourite, the cat kit moment, but we're going to look to 2024. So, Jeff, what I'm going to ask, I may have caught you off guard with this because I literally decided this halfway through the episode. I like to make things difficult. What are you hoping to see from Choco Pro and Gato Move? What's something you'd like to see in 2024? And I'm not allowed to say my own debut in Choco Pro, right? No, you sorry. are allowed to say your own debut in Choco Pro if that's something <laughs> you'd um, like to say. What I'm looking forward to, um, I mean, if it's pie in the sky, are we talking pie in the sky dreams or are we talking about what we think are semi-realistic possible, like, Give us, give us either. If I pie in the sky dreams, yeah, it's the return of Lulu Pencil. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> that would be my pie in the sky dream. Would be Lulu Pencil or Unimon. Uh, I don't maybe Unimon's in stardom, but uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, the return of of Lulu Pencil would be my ultimate dream to see Lulu Pencil, even if it's a one time appearance, to have Lulu Pencil make an appearance in Choco uh, Ichigai Chocolate Square again. Um, that would be the absolute best thing that could happen in my opinion. Um, other than that, um, oh, I kind of want to say, and I don't want to say it like, so, well, okay. I would, I wouldn't mind having Emmy soccer around a little more often. It mm. would be nice to see Emmy around more, but I'm hesitant to say that because also I'm very, uh, I, I think it's great. And I love seeing Emmy succeed in AEW and I want her to stay over there and do as much as she can there. Right. Um, However, you know, I also would love to see her in Ichigaya. Um, so so that would be really cool um, if it's in terms of, like, what I'd love to see in Ichigaya. Um, oh, my God, I have a million things because I, I, I want to continue with more, but I'll, I'll just say those two. I, well, I think they're both, like, very like, – I would love to see Lulu Pencil back. And, yeah, I, I'm not a big AEW watcher, so, like, I, I miss Emmy being in Japan and doing – the Gatto move stuff, but yeah, she she's doing what she loves. She's over there. That's great. Uh, my pie in the sky. I kind of alluded to it in earlier in the podcast. I want Lady C in Ichigai Square, so that's going to be that. Um, my I guess more grounded thing is really I'm just looking forward to seeing more of the Gatto move shows. Them kind of get a bit of steam back under their feet as well. Moving to 2024, obviously starting with a hot start. I mean, getting Masato Tanaka in a Gatto. Uh, move event as well is really exciting. So I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing more people I don't expect in Gatto move, yeah, up and making their impact felt. Yeah, if I get, if, oh man, I, I, I got to. So another thing that I would love to see, actually, okay, I, I'm going to change mine from Emmy Sakura back in more because obviously yeah. that we all want. But and and again, like I said, there's a that's a double edged sword to me. So I don't want to pick <laughs> a double edged sword uh, as my thing, right? Because mm. at the same time, I also want to see her doing well in AW and. If that means she's not in Ichigaya, that's fine. I'm, I'm totally cool with it because I know she's living her dream, uh, yes. which is very important. You know, even us old people still have dreams, all right, you young listeners. Um, but, 
You know what? It's actually something that I've been thinking about recently and chatting. Uh, I would like to see Mal in Ichigaya. Mm. I would like to see Mal uh, make the transition from Bakagaijin. So he's already made DDT to Bakagaijin. Yes. And I would love to see Mal in Ichigaya Chocolate Square or uh, Got to Move Ring Show is fine too. But mm. I would really like to see Mal in Ichigaya Chocolate Square as Mal. Um, I, I would love to see maybe across the ring from, you know, across the mat from Brooks, whether it's like Mal and, or, or Aki, Mal versus mm. Aki. Actually, I'll change that. I would like to see Mal and Aki mixing it up in Ichigaya, whether it's a singles or whether it's a, probably I'd rather it be in a tag because then I would have best bros, maybe like yeah. best bros versus um, Mal and okay. Best Bros versus Mao and Chie. That's what I want to see. Best Bros versus Mao and Chie when Chie heals. Yes. But I want Chie to be in her Chie DK like, <laughs> persona. I am absolutely down for that. And since you got to pick one, I'll, I'll pick one more. This is probably the most pie in the sky of the bunch. I want to attend Bakugajin live. Uh, now that requires several difficult things to happen. I need to get back over to Japan, and it needs to be during the time the back guard is on, and then I need to get tickets to it. But that is that's my pie in the sky dream. Uh, try and make it happen in 2024. We'll see what goes on. But that has been Choco Cast for December, and that has been Choco Cast for 2023. Thank you for everyone who's been listening and following along. I know we haven't been going on for the full year, but I've felt the support. Uh, just in the short time, and I even have people sort of saying when we miss that November show, oh, when you guys are back on, and that's that's really encouraging for me because look, I don't keep a track of the numbers. I don't know how many people listen, but the fact that people kind of knew, like, oh, when's the next episode? They were wanting the next one is really encouraging. Uh, it's been great to, for me especially, and I'm sure for all the listeners as well, to get to hear from Jeff as well because, I mean, it's all well and good, you know, myself sitting here in Australia sort of talking about the the shows, but to have someone who's actually there who, you know, gets to interact with so much of the talent and sort of knows a bit more of what's going on than just the average sort of watcher, I know I've really appreciated having you giving it time every month to be a part of this podcast and sharing your insight, sharing your experiences with the show. So uh, from me and from everyone else listening, thank you very much, Jeff, for everything you've brought to this podcast. Yeah, actually, it is kind of the end of the year. So that makes sense. Actually, one of the things for me as well is uh, this year it's been really cool recording the podcast with you and, of course, Finley as well. Who, yes. <coughs> excuse me, I had a little bit of a cough there. I, I had influenza a couple weeks ago, and this cough is just not going away. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, like, really, uh, I, I've really been enjoying recording, and um, <clears throat> it's kind of neat. So, obviously, I think for a lot of us in in the Choco Pro or other Joshi or even wrestling community, especially fans of Japanese wrestling um, that don't live in Japan, um, and even us as foreigners that do live in Japan, um, a lot of times we interact with each other online through things like Twitter or Instagram. And so we see people through social media and we and we know the name and we see what they 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 put out, but we don't necessarily get a chance to connect so strongly, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky in a sense that when you know, and I think most Chaco Pro fans know at this point, you know, if they're coming to Japan and they want someone to link up with, I'm happy to 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 do what I can to help, right? Mm. 
Um, so I've been lucky enough to be able to meet a lot of people face to face and hang out with them for a couple days or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's been really cool to be able to link and connect a lot with Trent. Like I feel like I've developed a good, we've developed a great friendship over this, this, this cast kind of thing. Um, and I will definitely say impressed with Trent's writing. Like, I don't know if you guys have actually gone on and seen this dude's writing, but you're a very good writer. And so like seeing some of your writing and some of the stuff that you've done, whether it's interviews or think pieces and things like that, um, it, it's been really great. And it, it actually inspires me to want to write a little bit myself. Um, so I, I really enjoy being able to, to do this podcast with you. And uh, it's, it's always a joy every month. And so I'm very glad it's become, uh, you know, if anything, I want to do them more often, you know what I mean? I'm like, Sweet. All right, cool. We got another, we got another podcast to record. Um, so I'm always excited to do it. Um, and I hope we can continue, you know. Absolutely. We're, we're going to take this into 2024. It's going to be bigger and better than ever. And yep. who knows, maybe 2024, Jeff's debut in writing for wrestling as well. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about some ideas and things we can implement. So keep an eye on that space. Uh, but thank yeah, we've you very got much. a few things going for Choco Cast as well that we're thinking of. Absolutely. Some things are lining up. We just have to get the line, the, the, the lines to properly line up. Yeah. Um, but So we, we should hopefully have some interesting stuff coming up on the show as well. Uh, if, you know. It, let me be honest. It's just I have to just get these moving pieces to to, to match properly. Um, it's easy for me. I'm not the one with the connections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple. Um, I'm trying to get some more other stuff for wrestling as well. Like so, mm. uh, but the cool thing is like some of the like I'll be honest. The so one thing I'm lining up. One of the first things as I was lining it up. One of the first things I used as an example. I sent a written piece by Trent and was like, oh, so this is an example of of something that my co-host has written. So this is an idea of kind of what we like to talk about, what we do, and immediately I got a positive reaction. Oh, that that's really cool. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'd love to do something with you guys. It's like, sweet. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that should give you an idea of sort of what's in the pipeline, you know, talking mm -hmm. to certain people about certain things. Um, <laughs> but that's for 2024. Uh, so we'll finish off as we always do. Jeff, is there anything you want to plug, your socials or anything? I know you, you know, I've been noticing you're getting a bit more active out there. Yeah, I've been more active on like Twitter, but like, I don't know, I just try to share things. I'm really mm -hmm. crap at Twitter and stuff like that, but I find myself occasionally getting like, what? Yeah, I don't want to share. I don't need to share. Of course, you can find me Jeff Maziata at Twitter, Jeff Maziata at Instagram. But I will say this: uh, when you're on these Twitters, when you're on Instagram, try not to get so into it too much. Like I noticed even myself, I was like the other day, like I remember somebody posted something on Twitter, and it was just something that I disagreed with, and so I I, res I respond, I replied, and like I didn't mean to come across aggressively. But I kind of replied like in a bit of a sarcastic tone because I tend to get so I can like jokingly be sarcastic, mm. but I don't really have a bad intention. But I don't I didn't realize how it might come across and kind of I sarcastically kind of responded like, yes, CM Punk. Totally. Yes. The totally unscripted and unplanned segment for CM Punk to be on NXT. Yeah, because those WWE paid for that flight and his hotel completely without realizing they were going to, you know, it's kind of like just a little sarcastic yeah. thing. Like, you know, it, it was clearly planned. What are you talking about? You know? And I just kind of made a little joke about that. And then, you know, the person responded like, um, whatever, Hey, I'm just, it's just the way I looked at it. And then I realized, you know what, when I reread what I wrote and while it wasn't like 
really it wasn't like any derogatory i'm not calling many names or anything like yeah. that but it was a little sarcastic kind of joke right so I, I i realized like i was like hey man you know i didn't realize i came across a little bit more aggressive than i intended you know sorry about you know hey it really doesn't matter it's not important you know i hope i didn't cause you any stress and you know he replied oh thanks for that. i appreciate it and then he followed me on twitter you know and it was like <laughs> cool. so rather than like you know rather than this devolving into a big twitter argument you know it was like I, I made a little joke. I realized the joke didn't really sit well with him. So I just said, hey, man, that was my fault. I didn't intend it that way. Apologize for that. We washed it out. Everything was good. You know, and like, I think, you know, I see all these these Twitter arguments and people getting into it. And really, it taught me, it's like, Jeff, why did you even bother? Like, what did I gain out of making that stupid joke anyway? Literally nothing. I'm not trying to impress anyone. It was just kind of like my need to like comment on stuff, you know, because I, yeah. I have that personality. I like to add my two cents, you know what I mean? And uh, I realized, what's the point? Like, really, it's just silly. I'm just causing someone else stress that they don't need. I'm stressing myself out. I don't need it. Um, so I would definitely say, um, speaking of social networking and social media and all that stuff, just don't be afraid to like reevaluate your presence on social media and uh, what it is in your life. And I definitely see that I've been on it a lot more recently over the last few months. Um, I've just been on it more than, than I had in the past. And I realized like, ah, it's a lot of time. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would say during this holiday period, try not to get sucked into Twitter arguments. You're not going to, you're not going to benefit from it. Stay positive, spread positivity. That's the goal. And that's that's He's what up on the social media and maybe spend more time watching Choco Pro on YouTube. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, not to be too preachy. I just noticed <laughs> about myself, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. That we're, we're noticed, like, what am I getting worked up for here? Let me freaking chill. It's not that important. You got to have the Christmas lesson at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Jeff learns a little more about himself on social media, and his heart grew three sizes that day. Um, Unlike Jeff, I'm not willing. I'm willing to be a bit of a dick and say stupid things online. And you can find those things on Twitter or X at One Up Culture. Um, it's coming towards the end of the year, as we've kind of alluded to. There, I have end of year pieces, start of year in review coming out, uh, sort of bringing up what's happening at the start of the new year uh, for people who are interested but maybe confused by wrestling New Year in Japan. Uh, I have the Ocean Cyclone show. We're doing year end awards. Um, also, Stardom Road on the Countout podcast with Scott doing the history of Stardom. We just finished a two-parter on Jungle Kiona. And, of course, on the Patreon, I have Into the Wrestleverse with Kieran and Libby, which is a bit of fun if you're willing to fork out maybe a buck or two and support WrestleIn. But that has been Choco Cast for December and for 2024. I see it, believe it, dream it. I can't remember what I say with this, but this is Choco Cast. Have a happy 2024 and 2023 for that matter. Yeah. And I think, wait, when is this coming out? Like the 16th or so? 15th, 16th? Yes. Okay. So I do have one last thing I want to say. I want to say good luck to Dr. Gore and good luck to the horrors of pro wrestling because on the day this releases, uh, they will be having their uh, initial horrors of pro wrestling kind of independent show, which I believe is, at least in, from, from my view, it, it's likely inspired by Gore's experiences in Choco Pro and Bakagaijin when he was in Japan and he got back to Singapore 
and announced he's running his own independent thing, his own independent show. So I wish Dr. Gore the best of luck in that. And I hope that the show goes off really well. I know he's working really hard on it. So I have all confidence that he's going to do well. And hopefully one day we'll, for those of us not in Singapore, maybe there'll be some way to see it. That would be my hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, he did fantastic work in Baka Gaijin and Choco Pro. And I mean, the more that Southeast Asia get to expand the wrestling scene, the better. And I feel like Dr. Gore doing that kind of thing in Singapore is a great way to expand that. And yeah, Fingers crossed, maybe one day we'll just have to fly to Singapore and do a, a special episode live and in person there. But uh, maybe, maybe if we get a few more Patreons, I can convince Kieran to uh, fork out the price and tickets for that. But <laughs> one more another, we'll cover all that. We'll cover everything in Chocopro and Gutter Move heading into 2024. Thank you. Have a happy holidays and a merry new year.